and welcome to The Nature of Avatar, the podcast where we do deep dives into every aspect of the Avatar universe. Uh, in this episode, uh, we are going to be discussing Avatar Korra, uh, in, based in a kind of bullet point way. Uh, we're going to talk about season one, season two, season three, and season four. We're going to talk about the comics and her bending evolution, and then, of course, the quiz. Uh, anyway, Orion wants to say something this episode starts yes so um uh if you're so you're probably if if you're the if you're a listener who's been uh listening to our um who's been listening to our uh avatar um uh, to who's been listening to our sort of podcast update uh, uh which was released um probably around the same time or will be released because we're recording at an earlier date um, so, essentially, uh, Sola's here on the call. Uh, if you haven't watched the, uh, listened to the last episode, um, this is Sola. Hi. Uh, and he's going to be um, doing. Uh, he's he's going to be talking a bit on this episode because I have not watched the Legend of Korra, so it's going to be nice to, for you guys to have someone else who actually knows their stuff on Korra and I will butt in from time to time if that's okay with you guys uh, uh, yeah I'll be working on four nations brilliant okay let's go into this episode let's let's pitter patter into this episode uh, yeah um, hang on what's solar what do you mean it means that like it means that we're going to pitter patter into the episode uh okay okay i understand Sola, do you want to kick us off do you want to talk about um Korra's early life yeah so in the first episode of series one you see just like um some people from the white lotus who are now like they're just like companies trying to like make sure the avatar's safe and they're going around every house and they're like you meet Korra's parents and they're just like yeah we're sure Korra is definitely the avatar and then Korra breaks through a wall and then uses like earth, water, then uses earth, then fire, then puts out the flame with water. Yeah. Like the very first five minutes. And we know, sorry, I'm gonna butt in here with her early life from the later series, that we know that when she was born and as soon as she was found out that she was the avatar, the red lotus, Zaheer, Pli, Ming Hua, Kuzan, and Unalok tried to capture her so that they could do it, but oh, Sokka, yeah. Zuko, and Korra's dad uh, stopped them. And that's right, one thing about her early life. Also, I think, yeah, she says, like, I'm the Avatar, deal with it, like the first thing she says in the whole series. Yeah, and then it yeah. cuts to her age 16. Oh, yeah. And then, like, a firebending exam, I think? Yeah. Firebending Seems like exam. Yeah. Um, I just want so to say, um, in the firebending exam, Korra uses this awesome technique, which you don't see at all in Avatar, because a, a fireball is blasted at her, and Korra makes a ring with the fire and shoots it back. So you see in Korra, Avatar 1 gets the ball of fire and shoots it back, but Korra actually catches the fire and makes a ring around and fires it back in a ball. So that's a very advanced technique. Yeah, so it and shows that she had lots of mastery of the elements. 
then like um i remember people saying like she lacks restraint and then like i think there was i think the white lotus people were very unsure about cora but then um but katara was very like oh this is great she's doing really well yeah so that's most of i think her early life and most important stuff of course the red lotus trying to capture her um so now i'm going to talk a bit about season one legend of coral we're going to go season by season uh now in season one of course it kicks us off so she's arrived in republic city she does her pro bending wait uh, uh, yes there was the bit where um she gets angry at Tenzin because Tenzin's supposed to come live in the um, water tribe, and then yes, she gets like angry jobs. because she then can't learn airbending. But she Until goes like, to Republic City to learn airbending, and yeah. that kind of starts off the main series because the series is based in Republic City, I would say. Um, so that's what happens in the early bit of season one and then she becomes a fire ferret she does the pro bending stuff but i'm going to talk mainly about her bending evolution in this episode because today we have to record three episodes we've recorded one this is our second we have to get it through fast so don't blame me if this is a short episode but um so she main bending evolution is that when a mon takes her bending right she then use unlocks her airbending out of desperateness to stop Marco from having his bending taken away. And she unlocks airbending. So we need our level up sound. Do that again, Zola, for us. Um, wait a second. There we go, level up sound for any Nintendo fans out there. Um, she unlocks airbending, which is great. So, um, that's good. And then... Also, um, she, cool bit when um, Amon falls into the water, he comes out and you see his scar's been washed off by all of the water. Yeah, that's a good bit. But after she unlocks her bending, that's a major bit. Hello, very sad. Katara can't get her other bending back. But then she connects to her spiritual self. And we get my favourite line from all of season one. That did make me cry. All 17 of the times I've watched it. Um... And her spirit Aang says, when we are at our lowest point, we are open to the greatest change. And I love that quote. And that's her main spiritual and bending evolution, that she unlocks airbending. And she also connects to her spiritual self, which then gives her, in like the first episodes of season one, she's already mastered all the elements and is able to do what Anne couldn't do till the finale, which is give and take people's bending. So she's now essentially a fully fledged avatar in in the normal ways that you see an avatar as fully part of a max level avatar. Um, and that's the main thing for season one. Um, now season two. <sighs> oh, one thing I was just you, uh, yes. you had a theory before about like why Yang Chen and like Tenzin are not as good at spirituality. It could well, yeah, be that we talk about this. Wait, um, it could also be partially that like about your mindset, because yeah, Cora does a lot of like attacky things with airbending, but the first time she uses airbending is as a kind of fight thing, 
she's in like a very like scared situation because you have to deal with someone and you've got no bending and you use bend, you rely on bending quite heavily. So maybe it's yeah. like an act of defense, but Tenzin knows he's doing it as an attack. Yeah, so do you want me to t- tell everyone about that theory? Yeah, okay. So my theory is, and remember, it's just a theory, but it's that um, the reason that, for instance, Yang Chen and Tenzin and Korra have such problems with their spirituality is that they are very fighting. And why Janora doesn't have problems with their spirituality is that she's very peaceful. But Tenzin always, when he is ebony, it's massive, it's powerful, it knocks out the equalists. But then when he tries to be peaceful, he like gets very angry and can't get into the spirit world. Same with Avatar Yangchen, she was constantly battling it out as an avatar. So therefore couldn't be a, like a spirit, get into her spirit world. Same with Korra, she's always fighting. And then when she unlocks Airbending, like Sola said, uh, it's in an act of self-defense. So then, because she hasn't been fighting, Airbending, as it is the most spiritual element, then also unlocks kind of a gateway to her past lives, which is good. Uh, now, I can't talk about season one, uh, so I'm very sorry, Sola, but you're gonna have to take us very swiftly. I want a quick, quick, quick briefing of season two. So, to start off with, I just want to say, there's this one amazing feat of airbending that like tend to be overlooked in series two. So, there's a bit where they enter the spirit spirit world through the portal, and then it zooms out, and then Korra does this massive wave that goes like really, really far and wide, but because they zoom out so much, it looks really tiny. So like no one thinks it's that big, but it's actually it's like a really powerful move. Also, start there's like rogue spirits attack the festival. She sees her uncle do some cool stuff to the spirit. She follows her uncle. Her dad's then she finds out some stuff about her dad being like kind of apparently bringing evil village um, evil spirits to the village, turning her on them, and then making her kind of believe in her uncle who tried to as I just said before, tried to, like, kill her. I, th- I don't think it was kill her, but tried to, like, capture her with the red logo. Like, brainwash her. Yeah. And then, um... Then for the rest of the series, she's, like, catching rogue spirits, but then because Una Lark's trying to take over the other side, um, Varric is teaming up with Bolin to make this, like, TV show, trying to convince the, um... To convince, um the kind of the fire nation to take action not the fire nation but republic city to take action and um united forces yeah and then there's cora kind of agrees with that then there's an assassination attempt i skipped out a bit with uh, that and then there's also desna and eska tried chasing her she gets eaten by a spirit and then she washes up on this area on this place with like I think they're like fire sages who take her in, like drop her into this net, and then she goes down. And then she meets Avatar One, and then you get Avatar One's backstory. But you have quite a nice animation effect when you see like other avatars in their reflection. Then she comes back. There's this awkward. Oh yeah, I forgot. And then there's this awkward bit with um, Mako when she's like, she's forgotten about the, her breakup with Mako, and then. Um, she thinks they're not 
they've not broken up. But then during the time she was missing, Mako was kind of going out with Asami, and then it's just really, really awkward. And then Cora realizes what must have happened during the time she forgot. Um, I don't think much else. Oh yeah, then there's also the fight with um Una, Una Vatu one Vatu uh, Una lot fuses with Vatu, and then that's basically it. And there's also I think don't do it yet, Soda. But there will be need for a level up sound because she unlocked her spirit bending. So give a round of applause for Cora, her spirit bending. Let's hear the level up sound. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll talk about season three now. Uh, personally, one of my favorite seasons, season three and season one, best seasons of Cora. Apart from season four, because that's the finale we like for Um, So in season three, uh, essentially, it starts with kind of the end of uh, season two. Of course, the spirit wilds, Marco and Cora broke up. The spirit room of Hardwick City, the spirit portals are open, and she's just struggling kind of with the after effects of harmonic convergence. Oh, yeah, there's also like, there's, there was the bit where um, Vatu won and then that sent like a huge shockwave and then loads of people who were non-benders became gained bending and then we yeah, see some um, of the best chibi pictures ever with do you remember that bit where they're on the airship and you see like they zoom out on the map and their chibi faces on the yes air. that was I love that bit yeah um so yeah and um, the main bit of season three is they're trying to find all of the airbenders that were given airbending after Harmonic Convergence, but of course not all of them want to come. But then some of them who are being forced into the Earth King, Queen, sorry, the Earth Queen's army, uh, and they break them out. And then there is the main bit that we're going to talk about because we're very short of time today. I'm just going to talk about it here. He tries to poison her, and when he poisons her, she's very, very like traumatized after this, and. Um, because she's so traumatised, uh, probably this is what Sola will talk oh, about. Traumatised or you could say depressed, because she was. Yeah, both, really. Um, thanks, Jorian. She was, that was a good point, because she was also depressed and was by herself after this. And um, was very disheartened as well. She, like, season one Cora is so confident that she can beat everyone and is quite big-headed, if I might say so myself. Uh, and, uh, but season, uh, the later Cora, after she's poisoned, is a lot less confident uh, in herself and is uh, really, like, depressed. And she's like, well, Katara, why can't you heal me if you're the best healer in the, healer in the world? She's angry at everything yeah oh, um, i think we missed that earlier earlier on like series one and two there's a bit where like um they all go to actually i forget it, sorry okay um, don't worry uh no worries then the most important bit i think is when she gets captured and poisoned she sees on zahir's face Amon's mask and Unalok's face and that is a really important bit because it's like ah! and I don't think there is any upgrade sound for this 
Because the end of series three. Well, there was something sad. There was a cool bit with um, where um, they were rescuing the Airbenders, but then there's also the bit where Zaheer kills the Earth Queen, and um, as well as that, there's the final fight with Zaheer when Korra's still in the chains, but they're doing this massive fight. Korra's about yeah. to die that a forbidden air move and then all of the airbenders make a huge tornado and catch the here. Yeah. That was I really like that. Uh but yeah the end of season three is a bit down. But season three is overall the best season. I really like the hunt for airbenders and stuff. And oh. Zalfu, like Zalfu is the coolest place in Avatar. But uh as I said before, and I keep saying, but yeah, we are short on time. So, do you want to go on to uh, talk about season four? Yeah. So, there is kind of a use for the level up sound later on in this bit. So, I think at the beginning, she's going, um, she's been kind of in like kind of a weakened state. She's in like a wheelchair and she's going over to the back home for a bit. And then she's got like letters from everyone, like that kind of stuff. She pictures. Oh, there's also the bit. Wait, was this in series three? What? When she goes back to her home, to, goes back to the water tribe. No, this is all season four. Season three yes. ends with like the five weeks to hit. So then she's gone there. She doesn't listen to many people's like. Um, she doesn't respond to many pen, like to many of the um, letters. But also in that part, she I remember she has a nightmare of being attacked by, I think it was like Amon's soldiers. Like they come into her bed, her room, like smash the windows and like she's, when she wakes up, she realizes it was a dream. Then there's also like um, trying to get better with Katara, which doesn't really work. Um, she keeps working on that and then she just, she, um, so her dad thinks she's going home, but then no one else does, and there's a bit of a confusion. So like, she's not gone, she's been, she's gone there early, but no one's found her. And then you find out she's in a tournament. And then when she's in this fight with someone else in the earthbending ring, the other person ends up turning out to be like, looks like herself. But when she was in the avatar state, in the fight with Zaheer, wearing the um, chain on her leg. And then she sees it again and again as she's leaving and stuff. And then, um, then there's the bit with um, the prince coming in, about to come into power, then being taken over by Kavira. I think the really important part for Korra is when she goes to meet um, Toph. And then the, Toph tries to train her and she gets beaten up by Toph and like Toph just smashes her into the ground. But, Eventually, when um, everyone else finds her, the rest of the um, airbending family find her, um, she um, she metal bends out the rest of the poison, which is why one of the reasons she was picturing herself. I think yeah. that's the level up. Uh, that's going to be our new thing now that level and, um, up. When... Um, so when they, I think that's, 
Oh, then there's the battle with Kuvira before that. And then it's the final battle with Kuvira, like Asami's kind of being like, being more understanding with her dad after going to prison for a few times and then dad, her dad sacrifices himself to help them take down the huge robot with the spirit vines. Oh yeah. And then there's also Operation Beifong, which isn't really got anything to do with Korra, but they take down the big machine, take down Kuvira, then Kuvira and Korra fight on the last bit with the spirit laser and create the new spirit portal in, in the middle of Republic City. And then, yeah. and then it ends with, you know, like, Julie and Varric, and then they go to the spirit, then Korra and Asami go to the spirit world, and that's when the comics start. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, and now, I'm gonna talk, the last bits we have on our, our bullet point is uh, the comics, the Korra's Bending Evolution, and Naga. So, I'm going to and the quiz. first comment. With answers from last week. Yes, of course. I read the first comic uh, because we have it in our school library. So, I'm going to talk a bit about it. And essentially, it's triad stuff. So, there's a new leader of the triple bird triad. And oh, he's yeah. trying to, like, take over the spirit portal, the new one, because someone wants to turn it into a... Um, an amusement park and at the beginning some there's this like landowner who owns the land and then he's like oh i'm gonna turn it into an amusement park then the air nomads come and they're like defending it i think yeah then um then there's the um triple threats come but the lead the new leader he gets cora saves asami but then he gets hit with the um with the spirit and like it's kind of been established in Korra that if a spirit comes through you like you kind of get morphed to look like that spirit whereas in like Rava and Rava's case it just like joins with them same with Fatu yeah and he's called Tokuga and essentially just as I know repressed on time you guys gonna go very quiet Oh, so also, the, 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 the holiday in the spirit world at the very beginning. Yeah, it does have the holiday in the spirit world. And then Takuga battle Asami, make homes for oh, people the, um, whose homes were destroyed in also the, the spirit the, thing. Another bit with, um, I think, Korra, they go like, um, Takuga gets a huge airship and he fills it with um, poison gas. Yeah, and there's a massive battle, essentially triad stuff. Republic City politics well, then they join up with the Creeping Crystals. Oh yeah, the Creeping Crystals, who were once the most powerful triad out there, because they have this earth called the Creeping Crystal. And it like, when it touches organic matter, it just engulfs it, and it's really cool. Um, but yeah. And it ends with, how does it end? I can't remember, so did you It ends with like the Triple Threat Tribe being defeated? Um, no, I think it, I'm not, I can't really remember how it ends. No, I think it ends with them being defeated in a big battle, the Creeping Crystals versus the Triple Threat. And I it's do. all very nice. And then it's happy ending and you get Ruins of the Empire, which looks oh, really cool and yeah. I want to read it. I really like this one. So it's like 
So Kuvira's army hasn't been destroyed. They're still there, and one of the one of her like main like supporters who still believes in Kuvira's um, goal has taken over, and that she's basically restarting everything Kuvira's done, and then Kuvira's rejoined their group. But by the end of it, there's also a bit with mind control and like the mind wipe army and stuff. Kuvira's been like relinquished from the law, like or at least Kuvira's not gone to prison. There's a bit in the beginning where she's got like a court sentence and then ends with like Kuvira rebuilding her empire. But there's also a lot of tensions between like Kuvira and Osami and Kuvira and Korra. Um I think the really important bit by the end is like mind could the brain wiping bit and like saving each other from the brain wipe i think we should end it there so we can move on yeah but i think also it shows how like uh technologically advanced avatar has become from the beginning of ang when it was a medieval world maybe end of the medieval era uh to now at the end of the horror comics it's like that's crazy. Mind control is like 22nd century kind of thing. I don't think it was mind control. It was like brainwashing, like literal brainwashing. But still. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Okay. Do you so, want to talk about Korra's bending evolution? So, like at the start, she's got. Uh, I I just wanted to say that uh, say just from the perspective of someone who's just starting out in Korra. Um, they do do brainwashing in season two of Avatar, though. Is it really anything new? Oh yeah, but the way that they do brainwashing in Korra, they have like these huge machines rigged up, and then their head gets like put inside this helmet thing. Ah, okay. So I guess like rather than like the hypnot the hypnotic rock going round your head, it's more technologically based. Yeah. So they can kind of fill your head with the things they want to fill. So then also with bending, she's got pretty decent control over a lot of bending and most of what's quite nice is um, there were only three seasons of Avatar and all the seasons were named after the elements and if there was going to be a fourth season it would be called Air, so it's nice how they make the first season Air. So with, um, by the first season she's got ridiculous mastery over like Earth fire, water, but she's really struggling with Tenzin and like she ends up burning down this huge relic which was meant to be like airbending training. And it's like one of the really famous lines like be the leaf which gets used in the series three by um a lot by um forgot No it was as a joke um Milo? Son. Yeah, Milo keeps saying it to the new airbenders, like, be the leaf, when he doesn't know what it means. Um, there's also a bit where just like, they try to relax and they do some like, meditating and then Milo's asleep. Um, then she unlocks airbending. She kind of loses her bending with, um, not loses, but she loses control over bending. Then she also learns metal bending in, um, I think that was series Season three. Yeah. Does metal bending does metal bending earn a level up noise? Oh yeah. 
He didn't quite yeah. get that. Let's have it again! More okay. level up noise! That was better. That was so, better. There's, she learns metal bending, and then she uses that with Toph. Um, I don't think she learns much other, like, smaller bending types. Then she goes and um, she kind of regains her bending in series four. And I don't think there's anything else to it. So do you want to talk about Naga? Yeah, so Naga is a polar bear dog. Uh, It's Korra's spirit animal. Don't know how she found Naga. No idea how she found Naga. I think that was just um, free comic on free comic day about Korra and how she found Naga. I haven't read it though. Yeah. I should just get it up. Yep, um, and essentially Nugga's got the rear end of a dog and uh, the front of a polar bear. So essentially she's a very powerful, fast polar bear with a good nose. So very powerful. I personally prefer the Sky Bison, a more generic avatar animal, but she's still nice. I think in the beginning, think they just there was it look um naga looks a lot like a dog in the comic i think more like kind of dog size and then yeah naga do like lots of like um roll down hills and stuff and then eventually like naga grows up in like polar bear size cool yeah like, so that's naga um, okay. quiz? yeah we'll have a short break and we'll come back to you with the quiz Sadly, okay, Sola had, uh, had to leave, so it's but it's now time for the end of episode quiz. So I'm going to do the quiz with Otis. But before we do this episode's quiz, we're going to do the answers from last week. So um, number one, what was Sokka's mother name? Uh, what was Sokka's mother's name? It was uh, and the Kaya. answer was Kaya. Uh, uh, question two was what are his two primary weapons uh, the answer was his boomerang and his space sword uh question three is how old is soccer in avatar the last airbender and the answer i believe is 16. it is uh question four who killed soccer's mother the answer is yon ra uh, and question five is what could soccer use his jaw blade for and the answer is hunting and sticking into a tree and listening for vibration so you would know where his enemy is. Okay, uh, now, now it's time for from this, this episode quiz. Uh, so, I'll kick us off. Uh, uh, question uh, one, uh, what was, oh no, uh, Otis should do question one actually. Yes, I know, it's my question, Orion. What is my favorite line in The Legend of Korra? Uh, question two is, what is the name of the triple threat leader in the Legend of Korra? Uh, in the uh, Legend who... of Korra comics, sorry. Yeah. Uh, question three, who fell asleep during meditation with Tenzin? Uh, question four is, what's the running joke used by Tenzin's family to train new airbenders? And question five, 
tell us what you got in the comments down below. What is the name of the group who tried to brainwash Korra? And since Solar is such a good, um, uh, so good at drawing, you guys can post in the comments below. Please post in the comments below. Um, you guys can post uh, in the comments whether you would like to. Uh, um, you can post in the comments below what uh, you would, what at the characters you'd like Solar to attempt to draw. Yeah, and if he does draw them, we will tell you in the episode and put them on the website. Now, that's all we have for this episode. As always, remember to leave a like, subscribe, and drop us a comment wherever you listen. Also, I'm going to do a random Q&A at the bottom of this episode, asking you one question based on Avatar. Go ahead, answer it, and I will give you a shout-out if you do. Anyway, leave a like, subscribe, drop us a comment, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Mm, bye!